Now, here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Generations Sports Podcast. Now, before I introduce the panel today, I just want to say, for the record, that this is probably going to be about 45 minutes of over-emphasized gratuitous celebration for one of us and 45 minutes of torture for the rest of us. No. I'm Jeff Kennedy, <laughs> along with Bill Lunkovich. It's not me. <laughs> Dave Zorn. It's a celebration. And Casey Everett. Hello. <laughs> this, like I said, is going to be really fun for one and really torturous for the rest of us. And I guess that's what makes it fun for all of us. Listen, we'll talk some Major League Baseball playoffs. We all know what has happened, and we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen. And who keeps their job and who doesn't keep their job? College football this weekend. We have got some terrific games to watch uh, featuring some top 25 opponents. We'll talk about that. Of course, we'll have our feature Stump the Unk, our chance to see if we can get one by Flagstaff Bill. NFL. Three games that we want to talk about, all with some serious implications. Sports through the ages this week. I had the honors and looking forward to that. Betting with Bill, one of our favorite segments because he tells us how we can make some money. Sports around the mountain, everything local with Dave Zorn. And then, of course, we will wrap things up with crunch time, which I'm sure uh, is going to be uh, highly volatile as we get through that one today. So let's get started. All right, guys, Major League Baseball playoffs. And I'm going to deliberately start in the American League, so I can hopefully take some air out of this really hot balloon that's sitting to my right. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I take that as a compliment, Jeff. That's, that's, a, that's that, a good one. It actually, it actually was, Dave. So <laughs> let, let's start in the American League. Listen, can, can we just go back for a moment before we preview what's going what's gonna to happen next? Because the series just concluded. The Texas Rangers surprised the American League's best team, I, the Houston. At, well, well, well. Listen, they were the best team. So best two it's, teams. Yeah, yeah. So best two teams. So a little bit of a surprise. Okay, at least for some, right? And then Houston kind of just did what Houston does, and they move on. So let's let's look back first, and then we'll pivot back around to previewing the next round. Casey, let's start with you. Just American League recap. Sure. I just want to say I told you guys so. That's what remember what I said. It would be a really cool series to see Houston versus Texas in the ALCS. Guess what's happening? And I knew this was going to happen. I told you guys I wanted to see it. It came down to the last game of the season to see who was going to make it as the AL West champion. Now we get to see who the real champion is. All right. And we'll preview what's coming up next in a minute. Bill, let's let's talk about you, especially the Texas Baltimore series. Well, the Rangers, they fell to the number five seed at the end of the regular season and didn't didn't look particularly well. Then the Rangers get hot. They swept a very good Tampa Bay team, and they swept another really good team, the Baltimore Orioles. The Rangers are hot right now. It'd be scary. It'd be hard to bet against them. Yeah. They're going against the Astros, and I think I heard last night, the Astros, this is their seventh or eighth conference championship game or American League championship series in a row? Yeah. Is that accurate? Uh, well, we'll take a look at it. And again, we'll preview the next round in a moment. Uh, American League recap from you, Dave. There is a series going on. Okay. Oh, it's, no. it's not. No, no, no. The Diamondbacks. Oh, oh, okay. Care. We're done. Okay. I'm just kidding. Okay. And I'm stunned. That actually, Baltimore didn't do as, as well as they did. The, the season that they had and then the young guys that they had and the momentum they had going in the playoffs. 
they just absolutely fell apart. And then look at Texas. We were talking a couple of weeks ago that we didn't know if Texas was going to be in the playoffs, let alone make a run here. So that's the beauty of the postseason. All you got to do is get in and see what happens. Right, Jeff? Uh, well, absolutely. And let's let's take it a step further. And, and, I, and I want to get here as we get to the, the National League. One of the things that maybe has to be talked about, and before we preview, we'll, I'll, I'll get your perspective on this. Three of the four teams that set and didn't play for a week are gone. I think that's something that Major League Baseball might want to look at because as a fan, there is a huge advantage to continuing playing this sport different than football where rest is important, different than basketball where the rest really benefits you. In baseball, not taking live cuts doesn't benefit you as much. And that's not to take anything away from the teams that won. They, they played better. But there is something to be said for sitting on the shelf for a week and I don't think that's a coincidence. Now, Texas, told you Corey Seager can carry a team. Yeah, I love that Texas lineup. They think they're going to be very dangerous uh, going to the next round. But I was surprised at the way that they beat both Baltimore and Texas. Oh, absolutely. It's the same thing in the, in the National League. The Dodgers and, more importantly, the Atlanta Braves were clearly best two teams in the National League this year. And they're done. They're going home. So I, I heard something interesting. They're talking about what they do going forward and what's fair and what's not fair. And it actually even applies in the National Football League. I heard a stat this morning that visiting teams are winning 54% of the games on the road. Hmm. That's never happened before. A lot of parity, uh, a lot of good competition. Absolutely. All right. Let's 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 look back to the National League, uh, the National League Division Series. And listen, the most important series in this room was the Diamondbacks, who started the season great, hit a bump in the middle of the season, and were playing good baseball up until the last week of the season where they didn't look so hot, but they came into the series. And I'm going to tell you, as a Dodger fan, they were the team I didn't want to play. Like, I would have rather played Miami or Milwaukee. I said that on this show. I did not want to play a Diamondbacks team that was hot. And Dave, listen, you ranted months ago. You, This is exactly where you hoped to be and where you thought you could be. And I'm going to start with you because you have earned the right to have the floor. Now I got a page and a half of notes. You ready? But you don't get to get them all. Oh, I can. Oh, well, you can. It's, 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 it's in big font <laughs> okay, because good. I'm getting older. Uh, so I, uh, know, okay, fair, fair enough. Go for it. Well, a lot of this stuff we know. You know, the Dodgers never led in the series. Not not once. I mean, not, not only that, all three games were over relatively quick. Dave, they gave up 13 runs in four and two-thirds innings. 13 runs in four and two-thirds innings from their starting from their three starting pitchers. You're going to get beat. Yeah, and your, your ace only lasted a third of an inning. Yeah. I think he's done. I mean, he looked bad. He, he looked bad. And, and with the injuries that he has, I, I would be surprised if he comes yeah. back. Uh, no, uh, I heard uh, he's going to go to Texas or Houston. Really? That's where he's from. Yeah. So that's his next landing spot and be four or five inning pitcher. Be like a mid well, Yeah, because everybody's a four or five inning pitcher now. Because everybody goes to their bullpen like relatively early at this rate to try to save them. But there's no, there's hardly any complete games anymore because you know everyone's stock, everyone has analytics now. So, and that's a whole new different podcast. Uh, obviously, the stat that, that lingers out there for the Dodger fans: Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were one of twenty-one. Those are your guys. I mean, and, and after that, yeah, you've got you know Will Smith and you've got uh, Muncie and that kind of thing. But those two guys have to be at least hitting five hundred total to be to be in the series or or 300 or 400 Something just like that, yeah. some production because they carried the team offensively all season right and they yeah. did, I don't think they slumped both of them didn't slump at all during regular season not at the same time <laughs> and look what happened yeah so I mean again you could say, say the buy and everything but but did you garbage. know one, one stat not and again I'm not trying to take the air out of this 
Well, it's okay. We're having a conversation. But, but yeah, but here's here's the thing, and you guys you guys will love this. The Dodgers now have won a hundred games in ten different seasons, and in none of those seasons have they won the World Series or even really advanced that level. Yeah, they've been to a league championship series. Oh, in ten in seasons where they won a hundred games. So how important is the 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 three of the teams that won a hundred games are all fishing today? Uh, one, I'll break that down even further for you because I do have that written mm-hmm. down. Since 2017, the Dodgers have had five 100-win seasons. They have lost in the NLDS four of those five years. Yeah, they wow. have not gotten past the divisional series. Yeah, so that's more than just having a bye week. You know, problem. Well, that's true. That that is true. Yeah, yeah there's, there's the problem's a, bigger than that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So this this is how this series broke down. I'm going to give you just a couple stats here. Hitting wise, Arizona hit 284 in the DL in the these the NLDS. Had nine, drove in 19 runs. The 284 led all baseball as far as the playoff, the DS series. Uh, Philadelphia is 100th of a point below them. So they're right there. Dodgers league worst, 177. Only drove in six runs. Rouse scored 19 to six. That's that's one thing. Pitching. We get to that? Yeah, let's get to that. Uh, Diamondbacks, team ERA for the this, for this series, a 2.0. Second to the Phillies at 1.8. And they were the only team under 1.0 whip at 0.96. In all the DS series, American League and the National League. Dodgers, team ERA, second to worst to Baltimore. They had 6.5 ADRA. Baltimore was 7.27 ERA in the divisional series. Pitchers, the, the top three guys for the Diamondbacks, Kelly and Fott, zeros ERA. Gallon, a 3.38. The Dodgers, 162 ERA for Kershaw. Bobby Miller is 16.2. Lance Lynn, 13.5. Uh, I thought Ferguson and Gastrol, the pitchers out of the pen, were your best pitchers. Uh, out of the pen. Gasroll's great. I, I thought he was the nasty in that series. They gave him too many runs in the first inning. The game was essentially over yeah. in the first two games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, as, and as a good moderator, I mean, because that's this is all good. Congratulations to the Diamondbacks. And Dave, you have earned the right to gloat for this. Let's very quickly, though, let's look at the Atlanta Braves series because Philadelphia pretty much dismantled the Braves as well. The Braves ended up winning one game in that series. As we watch this unfold, the Braves were the best team in baseball all season, but not for this series. Philly was the best team in this series. Oh, wow. Everybody in this room said no one wants to play the Phillies, so everybody in the room was right. Yeah. The Phillies, it's like a rock concert. The fans are oh, into yeah. it. The players are made for this playoff baseball, and it's scary how good they are right now. Yeah. The, the game, what was it, game three? They started doing the brace chop. Oh, oh, yeah. That was so outstanding. Does anybody have the stat, though? Because, you know, the Braves had the best record in the league this year. They've gone home. Gone home. The Dodgers had the best record in the league last year. They've gone home. The Giants had the best record in the league the year before, and they've gone home. Does anyone, did anyone kind of research like, like getting to that record in the regular season? It just doesn't mean anything. We've got an 84 win team in the Diamondbacks advancing to the league championship series. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's really important to look at you in the regular season. We've seen this multiple times in the NBA too, where LeBron always cruises to a four seed or a three seed and then goes to the NBA finals every year. Wins don't matter in the regular season. As long as you get to the playoffs, you can make noise. And I think that's what teams are starting to realize, especially with this new playoff format, that if we get there, we have a chance. And just because a team won 100 games, it doesn't matter. It's it's a free-for-all. So I think it's really important to look at 
the wins don't matter anymore. And that's just what it is. It matters when you're hot and if you get there. Yeah, well, That's a great point, Casey. At the same time, the Rangers, they led the league in batting average, home runs, RBIs, and hits. They're not a fluke team. But did they underperform during the regular season and just trying to sneak into the playoffs? They deserve to be there. I got one thing to add about the whole, you know, the the whole bye week thing that you brought up, Jeff. You look at the Braves and the Dodgers both. They both had double-digit leads in the division for a long period of time mm. in the season. They had nothing to play for for a long stretch. That's a great point. So when you get into a playoff series where the Diamondbacks are coming off sweeping the Brewers, right? Um, they're going to be up. The, the Dodgers obviously had a hard time getting back up to that level where they were they're mentally ready to play for something. Guys, I, I think too. I think that's a great point. You know, three wor- three weeks worth of high leverage situations and having to manage yourself through that probably to that point makes a big difference. All right, normally we kind of are in a hurry to move on to the next thing, but you know, it's baseball playoffs. It's it's the end of baseball. Let's take let's take a close look at. What happens next? And again, I want to start in the American League. I think, Bill, let me start with you. You've got two teams that know each other very, very well in the the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. I want to just throw out a stat for you guys before we get there. Across all best of seven postseason series in Major League Baseball history, the winner of game one goes on to take the series 64.5% of the time. Will it matter this year? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm looking at the Ranger lineup top to bottom. They can do major damage and they've got a great manager in Bruce Bochy. He's an old school guy. He's got three World Series titles. They blew him out of San Francisco. I, I think the only people that really care about this series live in the state of Texas. He, <laughs> most people don't like Houston fans. because they're cheaters. <laughs> so it depends on who you like and who you want. I think Mattress Max got a big bet on the Astros again. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of lot of runs, a lot of high scoring, a lot of good baseball TV. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I, I like Texas uh, going in, but you know Houston, it's just they've done it so many years now, and you know they've got the pitching, they've got the expertise, um, they got the experience. Yeah, I, I I think this is kind of it's either going to be a short series in favor of the Astros, or this is this one may go the distance. I, I don't know which one. Yeah, I really like this series and. I just want to point out there, just imagine if Texas was healthy all year, if they had DeGrom, if they have Scherzer. Wow, this, yeah. this is a totally different baseball team, and Scherzer might come back. We we don't know yet. Use them in short Texas in, in short only has three guys in their starting lineup that are 30 or older. Yeah, they're going to be good for a while if they can keep those guys. Yeah, so I, I really think, like you said, Dave, this series is either going to be a clean sweep or it's going to go the distance. I don't think there's any in between. The least amount of games I see it going is six, but... That's just my opinion. A couple points. The Astros won 9 of 13 head-to-head meetings with the Rangers and outscored them 93 to 74. So we talk about the high-powered Rangers offense. Houston has demonstrated even more even more power, more firepower in the game's head-to-head. Now, how that plays out in this series remains to be seen. Houston's right. a slight favorite. Houston's a slight favorite. To win the to bet this, to win the series. Well, get this though, Bill. This season, the Astros have been favored 120 times and won 62, 51.7% of those games. Oh, look at Jeff with the betting facts. Yoo-hoo. All right. Wow. National the, big brain, the big brain on Jeff. <laughs> National League. Let's move on. All right. So um, can we can we say for the record, um, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but I'm going to. Man, 
I become a Phillies fan for the next yeah, two weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, anyway, That's anyway, ridiculous. Anyway, go. So you're, well, oh, Jeff, the, Jeff, let me back you up on that. Yeah. The, 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 on paper, the Diamondbacks are not, doesn't look like they're going to win this series, but they don't play the games on paper. <laughs> right. So, absolutely. absolutely. See, it doesn't surprise me that Jeff's back, back in the Phillies because he, he roots for losers. So I'm, it's not a surprise yeah, there. Okay. okay. So, you, you know what? I have to... I have to take that. Here's Game the one's thing. Monday. I have days to. to I I, I came in today and I'm thinking like, how many different ways have I had to eat crow over the years? And like I said, sometimes I sound like Bubba Gump because I've had it all kinds of different ways. So I think I'll take mine stir fried today because it's a little healthier for you than fried or jerk or or jerk crow. <laughs> Jeff, there's going to be a couple of different ways you're going to take it in this podcast alone. Yeah. We just started, so yeah. it's okay. So, but getting to this series though, it's. I look at both teams in the playoffs. There, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I think you know, frontline pitching. We're going to have two great pitching matchups in the first two games. You're going to have Gallon versus Wheeler, and then um, uh, and then uh, Merrill Kelly and uh, Aaron Nola. Nola, thank yeah. you. That's great. So, I this series may come down to who starts that third game, which will be the first game at Chase Field. Uh, it's going to be Brandon Fought for for the Diamondbacks, and I, I'm not familiar with the Phillies pitchers. I have to know who that third guy is, but. Um, it may come down to that fought pitch great the other night. I mean, yeah, it kind of limited him, but I, I was actually in favor of Tory pulling him out right there because once he gives up a couple of hits, he it can spiral out of control. So I, I think you know he was taken out at the right time. So um, you know, you look at the intangibles. Both are the are the fastest teams in baseball. They both steal a lot of bases. That that's not good. There's no advantage there. Good defensive teams. Uh, you know, both home field advantages are, are, are great for both. I mean, once the Arizona fans get in there and get loud, it, that's a great environment. Philly's got a great environment. This is the makings of a long series. I'm not going to predict which game game it is or who's going to win it, but I I'm, I would be stunned if this is a short series. We actually are going to predict who's I'm going to win. I'm not going to do but that. But anyway, the D-backs were one out away from a three-game sweep of Philadelphia back in May. Yeah. They performed really well against this team. I got a question for you guys. These two series, American League and National League, do these come down to which of the stars, which of the people that we expect? Because baseball's funny, you know, are going to perform or underperform. So, you know, in the Diamondbacks case, can you manage uh, to get around Bryce Harper and but Nick Castellano? They had six combined six home runs in two games. Is that it? Or is there some unsung person on a roster? And it seems that baseball always produces that guy. What are your thoughts with, with each of these series? For me, I think it's always the unsung heroes. And just going back to 2019, I have to throw it in there. But Howie Kendrick, who would have thought he would be the guy to carry that team? So I think when it comes down to the championship series, it always comes down to somebody that you know, but isn't that guy. So I think it will come down to either like an Alec Bohm, for Mm -hmm. example, that will just mash home runs. Or it will come down to like a Geraldo Perdomo for you guys. So it could be one of those guys that's not a star but is very good baseball player. Castellanos um, hit a bunch of home runs the last couple of games. I looked at the stat, his career versus the starting pitcher last night, he was two for 29. Oh, wow. And hits two home runs yesterday. Yeah. So they're, they're peaking at the right time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just you throw the stats out of the book. It, just, it depends on who's going to be what. I mean, for the Diamondbacks, it could be one of eight or nine guys. I mean, you, you think, you know, who's the best player on the Diamondbacks offensively right now? I, I, I'd argue it's Tommy Pham. I mean, he's had a f- tremendous last like 30 games and has had a tremendous playoff run. Maybe it's Cattell Marte. Maybe it's uh, Corbin Carroll. Maybe it's, uh, um, you know, host of Perdomo. Like it could be anybody. So 
unsung hero. Well, that's the that's the nickname of the Diamondbacks. I mean, their their, their playoff slogan is chaos, <laughs> and and Makes chaos sense. continued is what they're going with right now. Yeah. And that's exactly what that team is. It's just chaos, whether it's be good or bad. By the way, I, let me throw you a, a little side note about this. I just checked for tickets because I was looking to maybe try to go to Game Five. Uh, all there is is single game single seats left for Game Five and Game Four. Uh, game three is a two o'clock start on a Thursday on a Tuesday afternoon or when is that? No, Thursday afternoon. So there's some tickets for the Tuesday game as of you know Friday at 10 a.m. Um, so it looks like you know at least the back half of that that home set for the Diamondbacks are going to sell out today. Sell out and remember the one thing that we've learned about all events is that there are always tickets available. Depends well, on that is depends true. on what your depends price on how is. much you're willing yeah. to pay. All right, so. Uh, real quick, before we get to college football, and Dave, if you want to shy away from predicting on the Diamondbacks game, no problem with that. We're yeah, not put I'm, I'm Kirk Kirk's room. Okay, we're, we're not going to put a gun to your head on that. But <laughs> predictions, AL, National League, who comes out? Casey, we'll start with you. For the AL, I'm going to say the Rangers. If they get Scherzer back, this becomes a totally different series. I want to see Verlander versus Scherzer in Game 7. Oh, Let's see Oh, my it. gosh. Wow. That'd be fun. That'd Bill? be really fun. Yeah. I want to go Texas. I think I am, and it's just because I don't care for Houston. But they have so much experience; it wouldn't be shocking if Houston wins the series. But I'm pulling. I'm pulling for the Rangers here. I'd love to see the Rangers win, but I, I, I got to go over experience over anything else. And I think the Astros are probably winning six. Okay, so we got a Ranger, a Ranger, an Astro. I just want to say this, and and I was talking to our buddy John Cannon, you know, San Francisco everything fan. He's like, and he had said a month ago. Wouldn't it be cool if, and wouldn't it, wouldn't it totally disturb Giants fans if Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker met in the American <laughs> League Championship Series? And of course, uh, here we are, right? You know what? I want to, A, I can never, I, I can't write Houston down, but I do think that they're the better team with a chance to win. But you know what? Bruce Bochy is one of those managers that he extracts the absolute most out of his players, one through whatever. He uses his pitching staff very well. He makes the right decisions that time. I think he outmanages Dusty Baker in this series, and the Rangers figure out a way to win. Yeah, see, that's the intangible for me is Bochy. I, yeah. I dealt with him many times as an opposing manager, and I never left a, a post-game press conference without learning something about the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, I can say that rarely about any of the other managers I've dealt with, but Boach is, I love the guy. Um, and I, I'd be, I'd be thrilled if they won that. Yeah. Went to the World he's, Series. he's that good. I, I yeah. think, you know, Dusty, he speaks the player's language and whatnot, you know, um, as a strategist, I think he's, I think he's pretty good, but I think Boach is a little bit better as a strategist and he's got so much of that good young talent. All right, let's, yes, go ahead. I was going to add one last thing. I yeah. think Boach is a better manager with pitchers than Dusty is. I, I would agree with that. All right. National League. And Dave, you're you're off the table on this. We'll let you wiggle off this hook. Bill, we'll start with you. Okay. And it's hard for Dave because uh, he just loves his team. Um, but again, you, you have to have some basis to make your decision. On paper, batting average, home runs, RBIs, hits, stolen bases, pitches, wins, earned run average, saves. The only statistic that the Diamondbacks are better than Philly is stolen bases, and they have 14 more stolen bases over the course of 162 games. So on paper, this is telling me that they're going to, excuse me, that um, Philadelphia is going to win, but that's why they have to play the games. You know I mean? They're both very hot teams. I don't see it going six or seven games. 
I think Philadelphia wins in five here. What, what does the paper tell you about the playoffs? Uh, we're not. We're talking about no, no. What, what got you there. I don't care. It, it, obviously, it doesn't matter. It, it's hard for you to be objective because you <laughs> like your team so much, Dave. All, well, why can't all, I have my opinion? Teams in baseball are oh golfing right gosh. now, Bill. My, excuse me. All the best teams in baseball are golfing right now, or that were in the regular season. No, but but you have to throw all that I'm away. Not mad, by the way. Just, just, don't be mad because <laughs> no, I want people to pick against the Diamondbacks. That's fine. I, I'm I'm great with it. Honestly, it's, okay. it's worked great so far. That, that's awesome. That's awesome, Casey. All right. Well, <laughs> going on. Uh, I I really like both teams and. I hate the Phillies just because they take my players all the time. But that being said, I still like to watch them. And just seeing the atmosphere in Philly Stadium at Citizens Bank Park, this is a totally different team when they play at home. They, the fans, I mean, the music, the atmosphere is completely different. So when going, when the Phillies go home and they play the first two games at home, I feel like they take a 2-0 two, two lead and just say, what do you have at home, Max? And that's what's going to lead to the series. Well, and here's here's the issue with the league championship series. If you drop one of those games at home, now you go back to the other team's park and play three in a row. What was and it, 2-3-2? Two, three, two? It's 2-3-2. Two, three, two. Okay. And, and, and so here here's here's what exists in this series for me. Yes, I, and Bill, looking at all those numbers, I think Philadelphia – is a better team top to bottom. I don't know that they're playing the best because the Diamondbacks have played very well through these first two series. But I also think that something else is going to happen here. When this series shifts back to Diamondback, to, to Arizona, for the first time, probably since 2001, you're going to walk into a stadium. There's going to be some Philly fans there, but that stadium is going to be full of Diamondbacks fans. Loud that are hungry to repeat what that felt like in 2001, and you are going to see an entirely different atmosphere than what normally exists in that stadium with, with visiting teams. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be electric, and I believe that the Diamondbacks are going to force this to a six-game series. This series is going back to Philadelphia, where I believe that Philadelphia wins in six. But it is going back to Philadelphia. And here, I'm going to take, take it a step further. I think the Diamondbacks split in Philadelphia. I that, think the Diamondbacks split. That's their only chance, really. Yeah. They have to split those first two games. If they don't, I mean, that's just baseball. That's just numbers, you yeah. know? So. Well, I've been wrong the last couple of weeks picking teams that are going to advance. And when my 14-year-old grandson is out picking me, saying Diamondbacks <laughs> are going to beat the Dodgers, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble. Smartest person in the house. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let me let me add just a couple things. Okay. So, uh the series, the season series, w- was in favor of Philadelphia. Four games of three, four, three uh, four, uh, that four games in Phoenix and three in Philly. But those games were played before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and the Diamondbacks have added Tommy Pham and, and a couple of bullpen guys, and it, it made a big difference. So this is a, di- a little bit of a different team than what Philly saw in the beginning, and I'm sure it, it's the same, you know, in a little bit, some different ways with Philadelphia. Again, going by what the playoffs have been so far, these are two comparable teams. They played compar- comparable teams in the first two rounds. So this is with that alone. I'm thinking this is gonna this is gonna go <laughs> seven games. I might I might not make it through six, but uh, uh, I have I, it's gonna go a long series. And you know what? I can see the Diamondbacks taking a split in Philly, but then coming back and losing one, maybe two in in Arizona, and then going back and winning Game Six. 
it's going to be one of these crazy series and, and may the best team win. And, and hopefully by the end, there's no controversy or anything like that. You can tip your cap to either side. So more excited about this, the national league series in the American yeah. league. Well, absolutely. No, it, it, well it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right, listen, we, we've got to move on to college football. Okay. So I mean, we, what's, well, of course you do, <laughs> but we've got to move on to college football. We've got three games that we want to look at this week. These are all big games. So let's start. Well, I, I don't know. This is the marquee matchup of the weekend, right? Number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington. Both teams are five and oh in a loaded Pac-12. Who would have thought we were going to say that at the beginning of the season? Um, who wants to start? Uh, throw it up. You want to I'll start, start Dave? Yeah, okay. I'll just I'll start with this. It may be the biggest matchup for us who like to love the Pac-12. Still think USC and Oregon is probably the bigger matchup. But anyway, we'll start with the Oregon. More and history, that's why. Oh, yeah, that's this game's in what in Seattle, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so these two stadiums, Autzen Stadium in Eugene and Husky Stadium in Washington primarily has been the hardest places to play in the Pac-12 because of just how they're constructed. Husky Stadium has got the, I mean, they're angled, angled seats. They got that overhang that just throws more noise down in the field. It is ridiculously hard to play in, in Seattle when Washington's good. If this game was an Autzen, I'd be saying Oregon's probably going to win by two touchdowns. But because Washington is good and at home, and Oregon doesn't really traditionally play very well on the road. I got Washington. I, what's the points for that, by the way? Three. Three to four. Washington? Washington's favored by three. I, li- I like Washington by elite, probably maybe ten. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'll take Washington and, and the, the three on that, too, for sure. Bill? All right, this year's Washington, they rank number one nationally in total offense in the nation. Number one in passing yards and number three in scoring. But uh, Oregon's no slouch. They're number two in yards, number ten in passing, and number two in scoring. Husky quarterback Michael Penix has thrown for 2,000 yards already. Wow. Uh, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix has 15 touchdowns and one interception. Here's my key stat of the day. Oregon averages 7.1 yards rush per carry. They're, they can do it on both sides. I think something's got to give. This could be a 51-48 to 48 type game, um, but I, I like Oregon on the road. They're more balanced, and I, I'm going Ducks here. Wow. Yeah. This was a game that when we looked at the schedule on Monday, when we were picking games, I was like, this is going to be the game of the week. Here's why I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks, though, because of Bo Nix. I think the X factor is Bo Nix. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the quarterback for Washington, great quarterback. He's leading the college football in a lot of statistics. But Bo Nix, he's he has that ick factor and he had a rough season last year and came back and proved all the haters wrong this year. And I think he's going to do it again in a big game. Even if it's in Washington, I think Bo Nix is going to carry the Oregon Ducks to a win. Okay. Uh, Casey, Bill, like Oregon, I'm going to lean towards Washington. I think the home field makes that extra bit of difference. And I like Washington You know, covering the three-point spread. I know three is not a lot. It's just a field goal. I think Washington wins outright. I'm going to go ahead and pick them to cover as well. All right. USC. Ooh. Number 10. At number 21, Notre Dame. Casey, we'll start with you. I think this is, I mean, this is a game that when I was a kid, my dad actually went to a USC Notre Dame game at the Rose, like at the Coliseum, at the Coliseum. Yeah. So, and he brought me back some merch and that always sticks in the back of my head. Um, being USC fan, seeing Reggie Bush grow up, um, that was always my go-to. So I'm going to say USC is going to win this game. Um, they've struggled a little bit in the last couple of weeks, giving up a lot of points. Their defense is not very great, but Caleb Williams Finds a way. That he just happens. He's a magnificent quarterback, probably the number one draft pick. I can't see USC going down to Notre Dame this year. What's the spread on this one? 
S, uh, Notre Dame's favored by two and a half. So mm, basically wow. a pick game pretty much. The first two. You um, go ahead, Dave. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this for a little while. I, if I'm a USC fan, I'm, I'm worried about their defense. I mean, first of all, you gave up 17 unanswered points at U of A to start the game. Was it a week or two ago? And ASU kind of threw some yards on them as well. They're not as good a defense as they were in the first part of the, part of the year. Yeah, the Caleb Williams factor obviously plays in on offense, but USC, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to outscore Notre Dame. Uh, this will probably be a high-scoring game, too. If Notre Dame's defense plays average, they could probably win this game. I'm going to take Notre Dame at home. I, and I could easily see USC winning this, but I just I don't trust USC's defense. Well, this is a, this is a very, very big football game. Uh, Notre Dame has struggled the last couple of weeks, scoring 14, 14, and 20 points. And because I'm a stat guy, I'm going to throw the stats at here. I believe SC's going to fix the defense. That's their problem. They're going to get their 40. I don't think Notre Dame can score 40 points on anybody. So I'm going with SC on the road. It should be an exciting football game. And and I love that stat. Okay, so going into this game, and I was looking at SC defense really struggling against teams that are just mediocre. Okay. Yeah. Now they're on the road in Notre Dame. But here's what else I believe in. I believe that great players in these marquee matchups, especially in a sport like football, can get you that. And we, we talk about this with Patrick Mahomes all the time. You can outplay them for 58 minutes and still lose by 10 points because of his ability to do something extraordinary when you need him to. Caleb Williams is that guy. I like USC on the road in this game. The spread's only two and a half. I think they win this game outright. And at the end of the day, I agree with you, Bill. I think they score a lot of points, and Notre Dame probably scores about 20 to 25 points and loses this game by two touchdowns. So I like USC. In this game. Figures all the California guys take SC. By the way, that does a, figure, a, doesn't on it? A, on a side note, <laughs> yeah. both marching bands played two songs, and we're going to hear four songs total in, during the game the entire game. <laughs> Both are great songs, though, by the way. It's yeah, great. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. say it anyways, but We used to have breakfast d- uh, downtown when NAU would come with a band, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. And they're playing their marching songs, yeah. and you're sitting there having breakfast out on the patio. Very, very Being cool. Being an ASU fan, we have alternate lyrics for USC's two songs that they play. <laughs> yeah, Both, sure. I can say on the air, by the way. There's uh, What's that the, the Trojan March thing? Uh, one one was, this is the only song we know, and we play it all the time. I can't remember what the other one was. Fleetwood Mac had Tusk, and they had the USC fight song in there. USC marching man was a naked gun. They marched over the dead guy. After he got flattened by a steamroller. Wow. What's happened here? Let me regain some control of the show here. Number 25, Miami, is at number 12, North Carolina. Carolina, Miami's four and one. North Carolina five and zero. Oh. Bill, this time I'm going to start with you. Oh, Miami should be five and zero. Oh. Uh, they blew the game last week. <laughs> Dumb and coaching. I don't. Know, I get mad when my team does that when they need to score more points to cover the spread. You know, it was just a horrible loss for Miami. Um, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. North Carolina, I think, is a play. Four of their five wins are by 14 points or more. Their quarterback's a Heisman finalist. I like the Tar Heels at home this week. I'm stunned that half of Miami's players didn't put themselves in the transfer portal after that game. <laughs> We're done. For, I mean, you, you, they went to the sidelines and they had guys. You could see what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. And that's horrible. I mean, I, not only was that a bad coaching maneuver, not taking a knee and getting out of there, but now you got all your players mad. They that's, still they still went 70 yards in like 22 seconds. Yeah. You know, so some has got to be on the players. 
Well, but, but then again, your, your coach isn't, isn't giving you the win like he should have. The defense probably was a little deflated. And uh, instead of going out there and trying to stop them, they, uh, that had to play a mental part of that whole thing. Because Miami's coaches are just insane buffoons, North Carolina wins this game probably by a lot of points. I mean, I can't see Miami recovering from this. Yeah, I'm going to say North Carolina too after last week. Yeah. Okay. Idiots. All right. That's All right. That, when they say bad beat. That's going to be the definition in the dictionary. You that, know, that's horrible. That was a bad beat. That was a bad beat. And there is no reason, based on that, to pick Miami in this game, especially on the road, what? which is exactly why I'm going to. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Okay. And, and someone out there is going like. That made no sense at all. When 80% it wasn't of the nation want, want bets on one team, I usually bet the other way. Yeah. So, so I understood. So there we go. All right, let's move on. We got an opportunity here to see if we can get one pass. Flagstaff Bill, we love this segment. It's time for... Question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Dave, you get to go first this time. Great. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Here's your question here, uh, Flagstaff Bill. What Major League Baseball team is the only team in baseball history to hit four home runs in the same inning in the postseason? God, that's a hard question, Dave. (laughs) 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 I'm thinking uh, maybe uh, the Angels or Dodgers, but I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. (laughs) That is correct. Jeff, remember I said I was going to punish you for all this? That's awesome. (laughs) Here we go. That's awesome. Casey? All right. Who was the last NBA head coach to coach someone they were drafted with? Do you want multiple choice or do you? I I need need multiple choice on that. Okay. So A, Tyron Liu, B, Luke Walton, C, Willie Green, or D, Joe Mazzula? Yeah, I'm going to, that's a very difficult question for me. Um, NBA stats and numbers are number three on my list behind football and basketball or baseball. I'm going to go with Tyron Liu. Luke Walton. Walton. Wow. Come on. We Coach knew Le- that. Coach LeBron James in 2019 while he was a part of the Lakers. Oh. And they were also drafted in 2003 together. Yeah, very good. Full. Very, very good. cool question. Good job. Good job. All right. I got one for you that I know you're going to get. Okay. Who is the only player to play for all four original expansion franchises and only those franchises? What's the sport? only Major League Baseball. The only Major League Baseball player in history to play for all four of the original expansion franchises and only play for those franchises. I Gosh. think it's going to help to know who those franchises were. Yeah, that, that would help. Can, is that a, do you have that information in front of you? Well, I do. Okay, so um, I do. And He's got to be a left-handed pitcher. Well, okay, <laughs> right. As soon, as soon as I give you the franchises, which is the hint, you're going to get this right. Okay, yeah, I, I'm going to need them. The four original franchises are the Mets, the Astros, the Angels, and the Rangers. Nolan Ryan. Boom. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Thanks. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Two, two or three right for for on today. And I took a pretty tough question. That's so. a podcast record, by the way. <laughs> no, him. he tied last week. Last week he got two out of three. Oh, he's, now he's rallying. Again. Not, yeah. not, nice, nice job, Uncle. I, I was, as soon as I I came with this, I'm like, I got to give him a hint. Yeah. He's, he's, get, he's yeah. getting this. You know? Yeah. Well, anyway. I alter your motives with mine, so it's okay. Yeah. Great, 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 great job. <laughs> you made it a little bit easy for us. Sure. All right. National Football League. Uh, three games that we want to talk about this week. I think all of them uh, have interest and they certainly implications for 
their particular divisions. Let's start with the surprising three and two Colts at the three and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Casey, you get to go first. So the Colts again lost their quarterback. Anthony Richardson is hurt. The Jags are coming off two London wins, which have been really good games for them. So I really like Jacksonville in this game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own. Calvin Ridley has been amazing. They, I mean, they're just a really good team, balanced team. They struggled to score in the beginning of the year, but it seems like they figured that out. So I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Yeah, I, I like Jacksonville. Uh, they they won, like you said, two games in London. Let's see if they can win over here in the U.S. of A. Uh, I think Jacksonville gets untracked. Uh, they beat them 31-21 to in week one. I think they do it again. Uh, I think they start their playoff run here. I like Jacksonville here. What's the spread here? Jacksonville is minus four. Yeah, I, I go along with that. Uh, Jacksonville at home, uh, Colts playing outdoors. You never know when those dome teams, you know, I don't think they can play outdoors too much. But then the Jags defense uh, uh, showed me a little something over in England against the Bills. Uh, maybe they're coming around. So I'm uh, I'm going to take the Jags against the Colts like everybody else here today. I like Jags uh, laying the four as well. All right, Lions, four and one at the three and one Bucks, And, and I said that out loud, at, and I meant it, at the three and one Bucks. Weird. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Dave, we'll start with you. Um, I love the Lions. I mean, I, they've got it figured out. And, uh, I, yeah, again, another dome team going going on the road. But uh, I, I'm not a believer in the Buccaneers at all. I mean, I, I know they're 3-1, and one, but it, it's just – it's weird. Uh, and I'm, I, that's not a reason to pick the Lions, but I, I just think the Lions are built uh, really, really well uh, from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, they're the only team in the NFL has a former NU player on the roster who's coming off the injury list this week. So with that, <laughs> I'll throw that little caveat in there, too. So, I'm, But overall, just by play-wise, I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, the Bucks are exceeding everybody's expectations. That does sound weird, a 3-1. and one. Uh, The Lions, I think, are becoming America's team. They're 4-1. and one. Everybody likes them. Everybody loves their coach. The Lions average more, gra- more yards on the ground. They, they give up less yards on defense than Tampa Bay, and they've scored the second most points in the NFC. I, I love Detroit here. I, I think this is as a, I think um, the Bucks come back to earth, Lions route. Well, what's the spread? The Bucks plus three and a half. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Bucks plus three and a half. Okay. Casey? Yeah. Um, this game is going to be to see if they're pretenders or not for the Buccaneers. Yeah. If they win this game, I mean, we have to consider them one of. I mean, the best team in that division because obviously Saints have been injured. There's a lot of teams in that division that are very bad, like the Falcons and whatnot. But this is a make-or-break uh, game for the for the Bucks. so I'm, I don't want to take the Bucks. I'm going to take the Lions still. I just think the Lions, I mean, their defense is crazy. Uh, their pass rushing is crazy. Their line is crazy. Hutchinson's a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. And I just think their offense has been carried. Their running back has been phenomenal this season as well. I just think this team is better than the Bucs, but we'll see. Jameer Gibbs and Amon St. Brown are both back for Detroit this week after missing last week. I'm just going to say the Lions are for real. They're a good football team. They prove it again this week, so I like the Lions as well. All right, uh, the team that everybody loves to hate, the Dallas Cowboys, 3-2, and two, are at a 2-2 two and two San Diego team and just don't really ever know San Diego. who's going to show up. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I know I always say that. The Los, <laughs> they're always going to be that. The Los Angeles Chargers. Breaking news. Yeah, Los Angeles. They're Char- back in San Diego. The Los Angeles. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How Oakland do we, Raiders. How do we fix that? Yeah. Anyway, the Los Angeles Chargers are at home against the 3-2 and two Cowboys. And um, uh, you know what? Let's see you. Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 
Cowboys got obliterated last week against the 49ers. This team, I can't put like a a vibe. It's like a vibe check on them. You know, one week they're very good. The next week they're terrible. Their defense seems to come out every other week. That's how they are. And they were terrible last week. So they're going to come out this week and win. So I'm just going to pick the Cowboys on this one. Just Just out of relevance every other week. That's what they do. Okay. Well, that's scientific. Yeah, (laughs) that works. Uh, The Chargers have been in every game this this year, and they're all one-score games. The Cowboys seem to be in disarray. Um, I think Dak's not the answer. I I think he won't be the quarterback there going forward if they don't turn it around here very quickly. Chargers are coming off a bye last week, and if their knucklehead coach, Brandon Staley, doesn't blow it for them, I think the Chargers win at home here. I'm going to start by just giving a personal message to the Cowboys fans out there. Cowboys fans, enough. Your team sucks. I mean, it's it sucked <laughs> for a while. It sucks now. You have the word, you probably the most overrated quarterback in the history of the league. And when you guys talk the week going into a big game, karma catches up to you and flattens you like a freaking uh, you know, aluminum can on the sidewalk. With that said, there was something smart the Cowboys did this week, which was stay in California after the Niners game. So there's not a lot of travel there. They get used to the time zone. They get used to some things there. That'll benefit them. But you still suck. I'm taking the Chargers. <laughs> That's just it. You suck. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're the most <laughs> overrated team really in the last couple, like 10 years. I mean, everyone talks them up and they flatten out. No, you're right. The thing with the Cowboys is that they're always good enough. You know, they're they're good enough to to get the hype. You know, their defense, it's a good defense. You know, they've got enough players to where you look at the roster and go, well, they should be better. You know, this is... This is a 12-win team. This is a 13-win team. And then they underperform when you're when you're hoping for the most. And, and again, I'm no Cowboys fan, but I've seen the result for Cowboys fans. They've won for one years playoff now, game you know? in the last 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's keep that rolling. Yeah. So for all the rest of the world that's Cowboy haters, good for you. Chargers. This week, this week, against a San Diego team that really can't figure itself out. Okay. And and um, I I think the Chargers are good. I I love uh, I, I love what they can do. They just don't do it enough. I this is a team of underachievers. Too. Yeah. We'll 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 see. You know what? I'm going to take the Cowboys this week. I'm going to take the Cowboys over the Los Angeles Chargers. The, right. the running back for the Chargers is back. He's been out for the last two games, too. Yeah, Eckler. Yeah. Eckler. I was trying to find his name. Good so Casey, you, you and I took the Cowboys? Yep, we're okay. taking the Cowboys. We're taking the Cowboys. Chargers are a good football team. They, they are. They are. They're sneaky good. Yeah. They should be better, though. They should be better. I agree with that. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears. It's time for our Sports Through the Ages, one of my favorite segments of the show, and not just because I did it this week. I love it just as much when you guys do it. It just happened to be my turn. Here is... Sports through the ages. Well, the Major League Baseball playoffs are in full swing, and as they do every October, they remind us of why we love baseball so much. Now, I will argue that no sport forces you to the edge of your seat quite like playoff baseball. In fact, playoff baseball will take your breath away, make your heart race, slow down, or even skip a beat. So this week's Sports Through the Ages, we take a journey through the annals of sports history to relive heart-stopping moments that have left fans on the edge of their seats. Baseball playoffs, where heroes are born and legends are made. Let's start with the Minnesota Twins fans, because they'll never forget the 1991 World Series. 
The Twins had won the first two games, but it dropped the next three. So facing elimination in Game 6, tied at three in the 11th, Kirby Puckett delivered this cardiac moment. He's to the line, and the left-hander delivers. Puckett swings and hits a blast. Deep left center, way back, way back. It's gone. The Twins go to the seventh game. Touch them all, Kirby Puckett. Touch them all. The Twins went on to win Game 7, 1-0, in 10 heart-pounding innings. It was two years later that the Toronto Blue Jays fans experienced their own heart-stopping moment in Game 6 of the 1993 World Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. They were down 6-5 in the bottom of the sixth inning, two men on, and facing Phillies closer Mitch Williams. Joe Carter came to the plate. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt, left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. I happened to be listening to that game on the radio, and although I was a fan of neither team, the moment caused a quick gasp for air. Fast forward to 2004 when the Boston Red Sox were facing the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. The Red Sox were down three games to none in the series and facing elimination in Game 4. And remember, no team had ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. The game had gone past midnight on the East Coast, and now in the bottom of the ninth inning, with the score tied, David Ortiz stepped into the batter's box. Ortiz in the deep right field. Back is Sheffield. We'll see you later tonight. That was a moment that ignited the Red Sox and sparked one of the greatest comebacks in sports history as they went on to win the World Series that year, breaking an 86-year championship drought. I'm sure Yankees fans and Red Sox fans were all on low-dose aspirin after that one. Of course, not all heart-stopping moments are home runs. Let's travel to 2016 and Game 7 of the World Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. The Cubs were seeking their first championship in 108 years, and the tension was palpable. With the game tied in the 10th inning and rain falling and the weight of history on their shoulders, the Cubs pushed ahead. Ben Zobris delivered a go-ahead double, and Miguel Montero added an insurance run with an RBI single. The Cubs held on to win the game and the series, fulfilling a century-long dream for their devoted fans. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! Finally, who will forget the 2001 World Series? The eyes of the world were on this series as America was still healing from the brutal terrorist attacks of 9-11. Most of America was rooting for the New York Yankees because of what that city had endured. Then in Game 7, with all of America watching, the game tied 2-2 in the bottom of the ninth and the Diamondbacks facing baseball's all-time best closer in the Yankees' Mariano Rivera, this happened. The 0-1 delivery. And a little blooper. Base hit. Diamondbacks win. They're the world champions. Gonzalez did it. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. Honk your horn. Stomp your feet. Celebrate in Arizona. The Diamondbacks have won the World Series. These heart-stopping moments in baseball playoffs remind us why we love baseball so much. They remind us of the power of perseverance, the thrill of the unexpected, and the magic that can happen on the field. 
So whether it's Ortiz walk-off heroics or the Cubs ending a century of waiting, these moments will forever be etched in the annals of baseball history. For the Sports Generation Podcast, I'm Jeff Kennedy. If these sports through the ages memories don't make your heart skip a beat, check your pulse. I'm billing you for all the production value on that. <laughs> Lord. Absolutely, and you should. And you should cancel that bill because I ended with the Diamondbacks World Series Championship just for you. I was going to put it in the middle. Then I said, you know what, for Dave, I'm going to go ahead and move it to the end so that you would have one more few moments. I got a question for you. Yeah. We talk about heart-stopping moments. I'm sure that at that moment, matter of fact, I'm not sure you're breathing still, but it, it had to be. And that's that's what makes baseball so cool, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, I, every time I hear that with uh, one of the best ever, in my opinion, Greg Schulte with the call, uh, I hear that I still get chills. I mean, it, we're what twenty two years away from that, uh, and it's just a, a great call. He swears up and down he had nothing prepared. I was just right off the top of his head, and uh, you know, every time I hear it, it's it brings back just just that the feeling. I was at Game Seven, and I didn't even hear the call or see. I didn't see the ball drop. <laughs> it was in the air, and people were going nuts. Um, you know, I remember on the concourse looking at people were dogpiling each other at Chase Field on the concourse. I've never seen a reaction to a, a win like that. And it's just like a 600 pound gorilla lifted the, uh, off the entire city that the city finally you had a championship to celebrate. That, that was pretty exciting. I remember watching the game at home with my daughters and they were 12, 13 at the time trying to explain to them that they really want the Diamondbacks to win, but it's probably not going to happen because Mario <laughs> Rivera is pitching right here in that base hit. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. I'm feeling better and better about your prediction of this series, by the way, Bill, the more you say that. <laughs> All right, guys. Great job and a uh, lot of fun putting that one together. And again, Dave, thank you. All right. It's time to hopefully uh, make a little bit of money. And just a quick reminder, if you have a problem with gambling, please seek help. We are not promoting um, an addictive behavior. We're just having a little bit of fun with it. It's time for betting with Bill. Here's Flagstaff Bill. We've got just a couple games this week, and we're going to start with uh, what we talked about previously for college football, Oregon at Washington. Washington's favored by three. They've been almost unstoppable on offense this year. Oregon is, is a more balanced team. I think Washington is at home, and this is the toughest game of the season for both games, but I like the Ducks plus three, and I'm going to take them on the money line. And even though the over and unders at 67.5, I'm going to have the, a bet on the over as well. The other game that we touched on was SC. They can score with anybody. They can't seem to stop anybody on defense. Uh, Notre Dame has a very good defense, but I don't think it's going to matter. This is a defining game for SC this year. They really need to win and win convincingly here. I'm going to take the Trojans plus two and a half at Notre Dame. Uh, The final game, we're going to go the Cowboys and Chargers. The Chargers have covered and won and pretty much been in every game this year. The Cowboys are struggling everywhere. I like the Chargers. The home underdog still one of the best bets in professional sports. All right. Very good. There you have it. Write those down. See if Bill could put a little bit of extra coin in your pocket this week for that. All right. It's time to bring things back local. Uh, one of our final segments and get a chance to find out everything that's going on around the mountain. And that's why we call it Sports Around the Mountain with Dave Zorn. Thanks, Jeff. A big win for the NU football team last week with a 27-10 upset of Weber State on the road. Weber was 13th in the country before that game. Jacks are 2-4, and 2-1 and one in the big sky, but received votes in the FCS Top 25 this week. So congratulations for them on that one. They take on the Portland State Vikings on Saturday, who, who uh, 
like to come at you offensively in a lot of different ways. Coach Parnum up there has been a uh, mastermind trying to give you different looks on offense, so it's going to be a challenge. Their quarterback, Dante Chicheri, is a good one. Dual threat quarterback can throw on the dime. He's quick on his feet as well. Quincy Craig is a, a back that is someone to be aware of as well for, for, for uh, Portland State. The Vikings beat NAIA's North American this year 92 to nothing, but then they got stomped by Montana State. So we really don't know what Portland State kind of has. It's either great or not, so we'll go find out. And you have to be ready for the start and get a lead to get a win against the Vikings, I think. Kickoffs are at 1 o'clock in a sold-out Sky Dome on Saturday. High school football, Flagstaff's off this week. Coconino takes on Apache Junction on Friday, that being tonight, on Friday. Next week, Flagstaff is at home in the Dome against Grand Canyon Region, leading with Lee Williams. Coconino's on the road at Mingus. We'll have both games for you on Cal Sports Network. Just do a search for Cal Sports Network, find a link, and go and check it out and join us next Friday night. First regular season of girls' flag football wraps up this next week. The Eagles are 8-2 overall, 3-0 in the 5A Northwest region. They play Barry Goldwater Tuesday, uh, the school, not the man, and Deer Valley on Thursday, and they're both on the road in Phoenix. Uh, the Eagles are ranked 6th in 5A, which means a home game in the playoffs if they can win out. And they, the playoffs will start at October 24th, and possibility we may have that, one of those games on Cal Sports Network going forward. So there's your uh, wrap-up of uh, Sports Around the Mountain for the week. All right, very good. Um, make sure that you... Um Tune in for these games uh, on on all of the platforms that we offer for you uh, so you can keep up on what's happening here locally. All right, it's time for crunch time. Dave, you get to go first. Well, I was going to just keep it simple. I got to make a little bit of a ramp. Bob Costas is one of the best voices in in all of sports casting. Legendary, Hall of Famer, uh, numerous Olympics, numerous sporting events, almost a soundtrack for our lives. He grew up in St. Louis. He's a Cardinal fan, self-proclaimed. But when did he become a Dodger fan? And when did he think that that was good for national broadcasts? The three games in that series were grossly in favor of the Dodgers from a, from a broadcaster point of view. And, you know, he kind of lost a little respect for me. And, and I hope that it was just a phase and he returns to the Bob Costas, who I know and love. We'll see. But it, it kind of soured. Uh, it was an entertaining series for me in the NLDS. And I'll, I'll, I'll put back my time for a musical interlude for the rest, last of my rant. of a couple of key characteristics for life, patience, tolerance, compassion, yeah. and mercy on my part. Arizona's Bill, unofficial rock band, the Roger Klein, the Peacemakers have been around for a long time. My favorite band too. Uh, it's a credit for that song. Bill, um, you're next up. I'm sorry. I, I just yeah, have, beat to, that. I have to comment on that. <laughs> Dave's mad at Bob Costas because he's favoring the Dodgers. That's like the pot calling the kettle black, you know. I mean, you're 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 not even a baseball fan. You're a Diamondback fan, oh. so it's hard for you to be objective. Wait a minute. Uh, thanks for thinking I'm a national broadcaster, Bill. No, I, 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 I like broadcasts, but actually, to your point, I did hear that, and a lot of people were, were not real happy with him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do my crunch time on gambling. Now, in 2023, it's legal to gamble online with sports, but be careful. The Vegas casinos don't look like they do because people are winning big money. of the public and the public money was on the Dodgers and Braves, and you saw what happened. The Diamondbacks and the dreaded Phillies both advanced to the championship series. That's why they play the games. 
Most amateur bettors always take the favorites. It's not happening in pro sports right now, and the odds makers know this. On paper, the Braves and Dodgers should have cruised to victory, but Arizona and Philly had other ideas. Both um, excelled late and came in hot. Gambling should be fun and not to pay the mortgage. And if you do gamble, don't forget about those pesky underdogs. Good job. Good job, Bill. Casey? So I have something that was announced, I think it was last week, but Joel Embiid from Cameroon pledges his allegiance to America for the Olympics. And I know you guys are like, oh, who cares? This team is going to be better than the Dream Team, better than the Redemption Team. This is going to be the best U.S. Olympics team of all time with the best starting five we've ever seen. I'm just calling it now. Okay, wait a second. So who else is in that starting five? Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. LeBron James, Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis. I mean, I could keep going if you want. And you somehow think that's a better roster than Michael (laughs) Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. They say the Redeemer. Charles Barkley. Listen, Carl Malone. We're here to bring (laughs) sensibility to this. I'm just going to let you guys know. my goodness. Just letting you know, they also voted the Redeemed team as better than the Dream team. Who who, who voted that? Everybody. Who 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 are these everybody people? A bunch of 21-year-olds. Do your research, he says. Stop it. Stop it. The Redeemed team was good. Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, Michael. Just stop it. Carl Malone, John Stockton. Christian Leitner was like a like the bench guy that wipes up the spit on the floor in that on that team, and he wasn't a great NBA player. <sighs> Clyde Drexler. I mean, I, just, Clyde just, Drexler. Just, just stop, just stop. I can't, I can't. Casey, I can't. Stop. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I just can't. Just look at the potential roster. You'll Jeff, uh-huh. are all those guys in the Hall of Fame, by the way? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think even Christian Leitner is. Um, no. College Hall of Fame. He's college in the college. Hall of Fame. Still, he's a Hall of Fame. It counts as a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Smith. Hall wow. Of Fame. wow. Wow, Casey. Um, people. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I can do with that. But but nice job, youngster. All right. That's, we, Jack, we, 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 yeah, I'm we, pretty sure I predicted everything right, so maybe you should learn from me. Uh, maybe, hey, you know, maybe. Touche. Mm. Touche. All right, so, so my crunch time is going to be this, because I've heard this about people, not even opposing fans of the Diamondbacks or the Phillies or the Rangers, mostly the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, people who aren't supportive of those teams, they're like, calm down, you guys. You sure you've advanced, but you haven't done anything yet. Calm down, Rangers fans. Calm down, Diamondbacks fans. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. You don't have to, and you shouldn't. Be proud, be loud, and don't shut up, not for anyone, because the fact that these two teams have advanced in this era of baseball, you know what? That's going to be good for everyone, and it makes for great entertainment, so don't calm down. Don't shut up, be proud, be loud, and you just keep going for it. And that's my crunch. Casey, play the song again. <laughs> I'm not playing the song again. <laughs> and, and, and that's why people don't like you guys is because <laughs> even when we try to compliment you, you don't take it very well. So you've, you've had so little success that you don't know how to handle it. Oh. All right. Let's, uh, that's going to wrap things up. <laughs> that, that's not true. COVID, that, COVID that, year doesn't that, count. It, it counts. Mickey no, it Mouse. Doesn't. That's going to do it for us for Casey Everett, Dave Zorn, Bill Ankovich. I'm Jeff Kennedy. Thanks for listening. And as always, just remember, listen, national security is not at stake. We're not solving the world's problems. We're just talking sports. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. 
So this is Vince Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.